hello, hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Katie, and today I'm going to be adding to my moving diary series. So I'm just going to be talking a little bit about, you know, where I'm at with my move to London, surviving versus thriving, all of that good stuff. But if you are new here, welcome. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Katie, and I already said that before. As you can tell, it's been quite a while since I've been podcasting, but I'm really here just to talk and hang out with you guys. But I have just recently moved from LA to London. I graduated high hello, I graduated college in May, and I moved to London to pursue my master's degree in behavioral science. So my program is a year. I moved in September, and technically, like my lease ends in August, like August 31st, but I might extend it. Who knows? I don't know how I'm feeling about London now. Someone please hire me. But I'm really looking into, you know, maybe staying in the UK. I really do enjoy it here, but check in with me in January, February when it's been super dark and depressing and rainy (laughs) for a couple of months. But I have been adjusting to my life in London and there's so many firsts for me, right? I talked about being a baby adult. I talked about, you know, never having lived on my own before. And I know this is kind of a unique experience because in my undergrad, I was actually living in my dorms all four years and that wasn't like weird or anything like it was more weird if you weren't living in a dorm because everyone was guaranteed housing for all four years and barely everyone lived off campus and so if you were on campus you actually were like on a meal plan and so I had been on a meal plan for four years the only kind of cooking that I had to do was when I was at home like for break or just hanging out with my mom and that's not cooking that you do like day to day like Living and breathing dining hall food as much as we complain about it is so like satisfying because you really just you're like what do I want to eat today? The food is already there. You have a window in which you can go grab it and I really did take it for granted and I think that in the spring of my senior year I was like dang I really am going to miss um, dining hall food. Like I am going to miss just the convenience of it as much as I you know shit on it. It is so nice just to know that you have hot food waiting and so there's so many things i'm learning you know how much groceries to buy how much i actually eat we just recently brought a freezer because my apartment didn't come with a freezer if that like that is crazy right i had lived two months without a freezer not that a freezer is necessary to life at all but i'm really excited to start being able to like make smoothies or like freeze food if i don't want it to go to waste freeze bread eat ice cream I haven't eaten ice cream in a really long time like if I want to go eat ice cream I have to go buy it like at an ice cream store when I could have just gotten a pint of Ben and Jerry's you know what I mean so there's a lot that goes into adjusting into a new city but I hope that you can hear from my voice that I am doing so well not to pat myself on the back but to pat myself on the back I think that I've been doing so so well and I've actually gotten comments from you know my sister from some of my friends from actually most of my friends were like it has been incredible like watching you settle into London seeing how easy it is and how quickly you were able to find a community and how amazing like all of the people that you surround yourself with are like you must be so lucky it is so nice just to see you thriving and while some of it is luck I think when I was brainstorming what I wanted to talk about especially for you know this podcast episode I realized that 
you know, a lot of the quote-unquote luck is also things that I did a lot of work for. So I wanted to talk a little bit about thriving in a new city, finding community, all of that good stuff, and also just give like a very honest check-in from where I am right now and how that has changed since my last podcast episode, which kind of talked about balance. So without further ado, let's get into it. Obviously, that's the agenda for today. I have kind of dropped the ball on doing agendas, which makes me sad because I do love a good agenda, but it also means that I haven't been, you know, I guess putting in as much I don't want to say like putting in less thought into my podcast episodes because that's not necessarily what it is but it definitely shows that like I am more comfortable with podcasting and and that in general that I feel like I don't have to do a lot of legwork to feel like I can get a good point across so I think that's a good thing but regardless being in London let's just start there it has been two and a half months now because it's about mid-November and oh my god, like my social schedule is hectic and if you had told me this in the beginning of September, I don't think I would have believed you. I simply would not have believed you because I had a period of time where I did feel like really, really lonely here in London. I was like, I just don't have my people around and I knew that it was going to take time. I knew it was going to take a lot of effort and intention on my part and what I talked about in my previous episode about balance is that I knew that in the first couple of months especially, I was going to have to continue saying yes to people and to put myself in spaces of community and to be vulnerable and try to, you know, really connect with the people around me. But I was also very, very intentional with understanding that I didn't want all of my friends just to come from my program. It has been such a balancing act to see how much time I should be spending on like school and life and social and working out and like my own mental health and like content creation and stuff like that. So the balance aspect of it has definitely been hard and I'm not going to downplay that at all. But what I really wanted to focus on was this idea where people were like, you are so lucky that you have been able to settle in so quickly. And I think earlier, an earlier version of me would have agreed and said that, yes, it is luck that I have found a great group of people um, and that my you know flatmate is great and all of that. But I think... I deserve a little bit more credit and I'm saying this not necessarily to sound cocky but also just to drill into my own mind that like yes it it did take skill it did take effort on my part and I put myself in situations where I could thrive and so one example that I'm thinking of specifically is I adore my flatmate I think we get along so well and one of my friend groups that I like really really enjoy hanging out with was my flatmates you know friend from undergrad and my and her friends like flatmate so we call it kind of like the mixed household friendship because it's Eve me you know Eve's friend from undergrad and then the flatmate so there's four of us and that was like such a good group to have especially right before school started because we were all kind of like ah like we just moved to the city like we don't really know anyone and so it was so comforting to have a group of people where we're all kind of going at it together and the best part is we're also all master's students so we have kind of like the same vibe the same schedule um and so it's been really nice just to hang out with them and you could call that luck and i think that in my brain i did call that luck like i am so lucky to have a flatmate 
that will introduce me to her friends. I am so lucky that, you know, my flatmate has cool friends. But also, I have to recognize that I did a lot of groundwork into finding a good match for me, like, in the flat. So, I don't know, I never really spoke about this beforehand, but actually... I was going through and I had like four or five potential different flatmates where I was like quote-unquote interviewing them. I was really trying to see like a good fit for me. Not only like do they have the same budget, but like do we have the same sleeping schedule? Do we have the same idea of a social life? Like what are our goals and intentions for the year, etc, etc. And there is so much that goes into a good flatmate other than just, you know, fit. And I think that I did so much work trying to figure out whether or not Eve would be a good fit for me. And it was definitely a gamble. We only spoke, I mean, one or two times before we signed the lease. But I think there was this gut feeling in knowing like, okay, I really like her. Like, I think this is going to work. And so was it luck that Eve likes to introduce me to her friends? Yes, that that is luck. But It was also kind of skill because I found Eve, like I vetted her and I chose her out of a pool of applicants that I was kind of talking to. And obviously having like Eve is so cool that like the people that she surrounds herself is also going to be cool. And so it was half luck, half skill that, you know, I was able to make that group of friends. I don't think I can chalk it all up to luck. There was a lot of groundwork that went into that. Another thing that I'm thinking about is just like, I don't know, me being this weirdly extroverted, like super bubbly personality person, like I think you could hear it in my voice. I feel like I'm on something and I am what I would describe to people and what I have been describing to people when they ask me about how London is, like the happiest, healthiest version of myself. I absolutely love living here. I love the people that I surround myself with. I love the people in my program. I love the people outside of my program. I have my sister here. Like I am creating a life that I want to live. And is it luck? Perhaps, but a lot of it is skill. And I think that the reason why I was able to thrive here in London so quickly and be able to blossom here so quickly was all of the groundwork that I laid for myself, you know, especially my junior and senior year of college. My senior year, I spent that alone, like physically alone, emotionally alone. Like I had went through so many friendships and I had friends and I lost friends and I have never, you know, spent more time alone in my entire life and was so uncomfortable and I was in like this deep, deep, dark pit of depression that I was kind of posting about online but I also didn't really want to because you know, you never really want to share how exactly you're feeling, especially something so vulnerable as being like, guys, I am not doing well. But I had to go through that and I had to learn how to love my alone time. And all of that, like all of the time that I spent alone, I think I learned so much about myself and I was able to connect with myself so, so deeply. Like if I just peel all the layers away, I peel away what I think I should be act like and like how I should people please and stuff like that like I had such bad people pleasing tendencies I can't people please myself like I cannot trick myself into liking myself more because my negative self-talk is already so bad so it was just crazy to confront myself like this and be like who are you at your core how do you act at your core 
and I really just went in on myself, especially, you know, my senior spring, where it was supposed to be the happiest time of my life. It definitely was not. And I learned so much about myself. I learned how to date myself. I learned how to spend time alone. I learned how to love my alone time. And I learned how to really throw myself into coping mechanisms. I really got back into the gym, started lifting heavy, you know, started to deepen my connections and realize that it wasn't the quantity of people in my life. It was the quality of people in my life. And I started to learn that, you know, when people said that they were busy, it wasn't about me. I grew thicker skin and I did so much groundwork that when I came to London and I was thrown back into these situations where people were like, I'm I'm sorry, I'm busy. I'm like, okay, I'll just go explore the city alone. And I love my alone time. I actually have to schedule my alone time because I feel like if I don't take myself out on solo dates and I don't continue to foster this connection with myself, I'm not like I'm going to lose it, but it's just not going to grow as much as I want it to. And so in the sense that I took so much time to be alone, to learn who I was and like alone, both, you know, romantically and platonically, like I haven't been in a relationship in three and a half years like I have really taken so much time just to learn who I am and learn to love my own company I haven't even entertained a relationship in like three and a half years right I am just so happy with all of the groundwork that I laid and I think because I was able to connect with myself so so deeply especially earlier this year I'm able to connect with people very, very deeply, very quickly without using trauma dumping, without trauma bonding, but in a very healthy way, like in a very vulnerable way uh, here in London. And it's because I set so much groundwork. I, you know, have been to, I've been going to therapy for like five years. Like my communication skills have improved so much. I know so much more about myself. I'm comfortable being alone. I'm confident in my own skin. And I think that that just radiates outwards. And I mean, I, I don't believe it sometimes, but like this morning I was texting some of my friends from the program and I was just like, you guys are really good people. Like I really, really enjoy how you treat the people in your life and I'm so grateful that I met you like you radiate positivity and one of my friends was like Katie like you say all of this about us but you are the exact same way like you know like attracts like you are exactly the compliments that you're giving us as well like you also radiate positivity you were also such a good soul and I think that you know, you have to do the work, you have to learn about yourself to be able to connect deeply with others. And if you're in a place where you feel like none of your connections are hitting, you can't get as close to your friends as you want to, or you're not necessarily really happy with the people around you, this is kind of unconventional advice, but just be alone. Like I, and I know that people drive this home that it's like, it's better to be alone than with people that you don't like whatever I hear that too and I remember being in that space and being like absolutely not I would rather be surrounded by people like people are gonna think that I am you know alone and I'm lonely and I'm boring and I'm a loser and whatever if I'm like doing things alone I'm here to tell you as someone who did so much stuff alone no one thinks that literally no one is looking at you and I can tell you from now me like doing things alone and also being out with people I don't see people like eating alone in a restaurant and be like hmm, they're such a loser like I if I notice them at all I'm like okay cool like what are they ordering like 
is it delicious you know and I have been at restaurants where I'm like okay table for one and they put me next to someone who's also table for one and we're just kind of like we look at each other and we're like yeah chill like I am you know it is such a skill to be able to be confident in asking for a table for one especially in a big city and it's such a skill to also not be embarrassed about it and so that's something that I'm so proud of myself for and that's something that didn't come from luck like I don't think that the thrive that I'm having in London right now is coming from luck it's coming from all of the groundwork that I've laid for myself for the past five years but like the past two years especially being alone and you know really taking that time for myself I am able to connect so much deeper to other people because I was able to connect deeply with myself and I think that that is something that like is so important that we really often overlook is also you can't rush this process of connection with yourself like it takes time and it takes effort it takes energy it's like dating anyone for the first time you're not gonna want to like immediately date them after the first date you need to date them for a couple of months like you know date them as in like go on dates with them without having to be exclusive etc you have to kind of vet them you have to get to know them before you're like hmm like do I feel like this is a relationship that is gonna work you have to put in the time and the effort and the energy with another person and I think that's so often lost on ourselves as well like we as a society always talk about friendships and we put a lot of our time and energy like into friendships and romantic relationships we never talk about the time that it takes to to learn about ourselves and how important it is to have such a good relationship with yourself and so because I came into sorry I keep like passionately like on the microphone but because I came into London with so much love and care and like confidence within who I was and what I bring to the table that I wasn't accepting less than what I know I deserve not in not only in a romantic sense but like in a platonic sense too like I feel like all of that groundwork that I laid allowed me to find the people that I really connect with and to be able to connect with them so early in such a healthy way and I say healthy way because I think our generation especially like Gen Z we will be so quick to bond over our trauma and there's nothing wrong listen there's nothing wrong with telling people about your worst days in your life but if that's the if that's like one of the first things you tell to someone I've learned from experience that it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be that close with them it creates this false sense of closeness with other people where you're like you have known you know the the my darkest days you've known the worst things has ever happened to me we are now best friends and sometimes it works that way but most of the time true friendship comes from spending a lot of time together and learning the basics like yeah maybe you know their deepest darkest trauma but what's their favorite color like what's their birthday how many siblings do they have and I think it takes a lot of time and a lot of conversations both deep and quote-unquote shallow with someone to really learn the full extent of who they are and I think you know by sharing your trauma and and what you've been through so early you kind of equate that with like who you are as a person and I promise you that you are so much more interesting than the worst thing that you've been through And so what I've learned from that is to kind of take a step back and to invite myself, as I keep saying, into spaces of connection where we can have kind of like surface level, medium level type conversations. Or if we're thinking like we're not really strangers, uh, the question game, like level one and level two type conversations where 
it's deep enough that I'm really getting to know you, but I also don't have to trick myself and like conflate this idea, like a false sense of closeness with you because you're so willing to share with me. And there's, you know, obviously this is, take this with a grain of salt, right? If something has just happened to you and you're reaching out for a support system, feel free, like tell the people around you, get that help. Um, I had to do that earlier this, you know, earlier when I moved, but also realizing that like true deep friendship comes from having shared experiences multiple times. And so as I keep kind of harping on is like, my social life comes in multiple different buckets. Not only do I hang out with like that mixed household friendships, I have friends in my program and I have, you know, my sister and my friends from Hong Kong. And I also have my friends from like Soul Cycle, specifically Nez. Hi, Nez, if you're listening to this. Um, and I have found such genuinely good people. And I think that you can tell right off the bat when you meet someone if they have done the inner work. And I'm not trying to say that as in like we're in this club that like we had to do the inner work at a, such a young age. It's not necessarily a club you want to be a part of. Like you don't you don't want to learn about yourself because you're bored. Like you do it because you have to. You do it because there's no other option. But I think that you can meet someone and immediately know that they've kind of gone through something and that they are better for it. And I just want to share this one story about how I made one of my friends. I talked about this in my morning club event actually earlier this week because I'm filming on Friday right now. So I was talking about how I went to a soul cycle class because guys, I love soul cycle. First, can I just go on a tangent for a second? Um, my sister used to go to soul cycle classes and I was like, that is crazy. Like soul cycle is a cult. Um, if it's a cult, I am a member. Like I totally get the hype. I love the sweat. I love the community. And I have made like one of my best friends I made because of soul cycle. So let me get back to the story is my sister knows him because my sister used to work at like the soul cycle front desk. So she knows a lot of people. And so she was like, oh my gosh, Katie, like this is Nez. Um, you guys would totally vibe and totally meet like, and I was like, okay, cool. I'm really overwhelmed. I'm just trying to go to Soul Cycle. I'm not super comfortable in this space yet. And so we rode behind him and it was like so much fun, loved his energy. And after my shower, I walked up to him and was like, hey, like I loved your energy. I love your vibe. I would love to grab coffee with you sometime. Can I get your number? Cause he lives super close to me. And he was like, oh my God, yeah, totally. We exchanged numbers. I texted him. I was like, let's grab coffee. We made it happen. And it's kind of blossomed into like this beautiful friendship. And there was something to be said. Like I knew instantly when I met him that he was going to be such a good friend. And he has been. He has been such an incredible friend. Like I cannot even put into words how much I love this boy. But honestly, like that's all to say that you know, I was only able to connect with him this quickly and this like on such a deep level because, you know, he did the inner work for himself and I did the inner work for myself. And we were able, because we connect with ourselves so deeply, we're able to connect with each other so deeply as well. And so there is something to be said also about the fact that I was like, hey, can I grab your number? Like, would I ever have the balls to do that when I was in LA? Absolutely not. But I knew that like I was in London and I had to be a little bit more extroverted. I had to try a little bit harder, especially in the first couple of months. And so I am not afraid to do that, especially if I like someone, if I like their vibe, I am not afraid 
to put myself out there. And I think there's something to be said about that. Like, it is scary because you face rejection. Like, not only are we scared of rejection, period, and like, we always talk about rejection in a romantic context, but there is spaces where you could be rejected in a platonic context. But I think there's so much, like, I'm confident in myself, which is, I don't know, I, maybe maybe I am, maybe I'm not, but I feel like there's a baseline level of confidence that I have now that I never had before. And I also know that a rejection of that invite of being like, let's grab coffee doesn't necessarily mean a rejection of me. There's so many other factors, exogenous variables, if you will, that mean like the person just isn't ready to connect or they're not looking for a friend or like maybe they don't feel the same vibe as you, but it's never really about you it's more so about them and so I think being able to just be so bold and go after it and just ask that question and make that friend like I I know the first couple of times we hung out I felt awkward because you don't really know this person but the more you hang out the more comfortable you are the more one-on-one time you get like it it just adds up so all of this to say is that I was able to connect so deeply and so quickly with the people here in London and build the life that I'm living because of all of the work that I put in in the past five years and a lot of people I think see me in this thriving space and they want to do the same thing and I honestly it may take five years for you as well like I don't think that I could be doing nearly as good as I am right now if I didn't have all of those moments of hard you know learning and hard reflection like if I didn't take that time to be alone to learn how to love my own company to learn how to love myself to give myself confidence to date myself like if I didn't do any of that I would not be here in like the space that I am here in London today and I think that I would be struggling a lot more but it's because I did all of this work it is like simply so crazy to see myself thrive like this and I don't use that word lightly because I have been to hell and back I swear to god and I was so worried about my move I genuinely genuinely was I was like what if I don't make friends like what if I don't like it here what am I going to do now? Like I am stuck here for a year almost. But to see myself in this space, to see pictures of me hanging out with people with like the light in my eyes, like the smile that comes into my eyes, it is such a fulfilling feeling because I know that the one person who did that was me. Like I put in the work for myself and I'm reaping the rewards and I'm here to show you that it's possible because, you know, there's a whole spectrum of emotions that that I've shown on my account, especially, you know, when I was really, really struggling back in the earlier months of this year. And now to know that all of that was worth it and that there was a light on the other side and like I trusted the universe and I jumped and it caught me in such a beautiful way and in ways I couldn't even imagine. Like I have no words for how grateful I am to be in this space, to feel like this And I also know that it's no accident. It's not luck. Like, skill is the wrong word, but it's like I did put in effort. And if I hadn't put in that effort, I wouldn't be who I am here today. So I hope you use this as kind of like a, a motivational podcast almost to see that like it is not like thriving after not thriving for like 18, 20 years is 
it's not impossible and I am living proof that if you spend time you know figuring out who you are and doing that inner work it will pay off I don't know when I don't know how but the universe will catch you and the universe will reward you for all of that amazing hard work that you've done so thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the podcast if you want to hear my journey about moving to London and read about all the steps in between and just kind of check-ins with how I've been moving and, and whatnot, my Moving Diaries series is up on my podcast now. I also have a newsletter called the 111 newsletter that also comes out every Tuesday. And my Instagram is katie.eu where I post a lot more like mental health, motivational reels type content. So please keep up with me somewhere else on the internet. I would absolutely love to have you and I'm sending you so much love. I will see you next week. All right, bye. Thank you.